Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. Anywhere. This is your sound. This is the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network at UBNRadio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi there. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. We're happy you're with us today, and we hope that you're joining the Women's Empowerment Conversation on our Facebook, as well as following us on Twitter and Instagram at My360Karma. And uh, speaking of women's empowerment, we have an amazing guest on today. She's got an extraordinary story. Can't wait to share it with you. Um, she has been the uh, life uh, advice uh, guru on uh, Good Morning America, and I'm sure she's going to have some great advice for us today. We're going to talk about her two books and all the cool things happening in her life. Please give a warm welcome today to my guest, Liz Pryor. Hi, Liz. Thank How are you. you? Thank you for having me. Good. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Sure. Uh, so, Liz, I know we met through uh, Mary Jo Eustace, our yep. common buddy here, who's amazing as well. And uh, I'm so happy that our paths cross. You have an extraordinary story that actually I didn't even know till you shared everything with me today. I mean, really? wow. <laughs> uh, talk about, you know an adversity to triumph story you're oh, it thanks yeah yeah, Thank yeah. which is why you have two books about it yeah. yeah yeah well um actually i recently or last or i don't know how long ago i did a ted talk on um the theme of the ted talk that i did was unexpected endings so i think yeah. i am an unexpected ending well you know i think so many people have some childhood uh tragedies or, th or adversities that they've had to overcome. Uh, many people have, okay? Yeah. And it, it is like uh, I was uh, just talking to my last guest about, um, you know, it's what you do with it. A and so let's tell folks, you know, first of all, you got pregnant the first time you had sex, like when you were 16 years Hello. old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, I bet there's girls out there listening who, you know, this happened to them. Um, and it was in a time when it just wasn't acceptable, right? To yes. Be back in the 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I got pregnant the first time I had sex, and yeah. I frankly wasn't even positive I had sex. So four months later, oh my gosh, I was sailing in the Caribbean with my dad on his big boat, and his new girlfriend said to me, "Is there any way you could be pregnant?" And oh my that gosh. was sort of the beginning of the end. So I was you four mean months. You pregnant. started to show, and she was like, "Yeah, and I, Hello. Was, I was sick, and I was such a sailor, but I was oh, all nauseous." Wow. So the long story short is that my recently contentiously divorced parents sort of sat down with me. We had no choice but to figure out a way for me to go have this baby and give it up for adoption so I could go on to college. But um, they really, really didn't want anyone to find out. Right. So my book, Look at You Now, is really the story of my mother dropping me off at what I thought was a Catholic home for unwed mothers, but ended up being a locked government-run facility for wayward juvenile pregnant teens. Now, let's paint the picture here. You <laughs> came from a, a well-to-do yes. family. Yeah, top 2% outside right. of Chicago. Right. And so uh, for you to be dropped off at this government facility, 
at 16 years old, you encountered people or other kids that you had never experienced in your life coming from such a sheltered, yeah, you know, uh, upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was complete and utter culture shock. But the cool thing I think about the story and the book and the whole experience was, I, you know, I think I wanted to write it because that five and a half months with those unfortunate, fabulous girls who I ended up bonding with and being like uh, soldiers in a platoon with, mm-hmm. you know, ended up fundamentally changing me and how right. I saw the world. Right. And so it was, a, it was a, actually a blessing. I think so. I mean, in how it impacted your life. Yeah. I mean, you became incredibly successful, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but, you know, had you been sheltered and not met those people, you, you definitely would be a different person today. I think so. Yeah. And I certainly, I really can't help to do I have, um, I was married 15 years. I have three kids. And there's just no question in my mind, I don't think I would have been the mother that mm-hmm. I am to my children had mm-hmm. I not been through the previous experience. Right. Um, and well, look, it, it, like we both, like I think we're all gunning for, it's really not in life about what happens to you and the challenges. It's about how you choose to get through them. Absolutely. Right? It is uh, perception, perspective. Exactly. What you, and choice. Yeah. I, I, we, you know, I always say with uh, at my 360 Karma community that we create our fate. And what I mean is not that things don't happen to us, right. but we create our fate by what we do with them. So true. Yeah. And like one of the bigger messages, and I, I did the, the TED Talk was um, on self-judgment mm-hmm. and sort of outside judgment. One of the things about uh, the beauty and the honor of having raised my three children mm-hmm. is my parents were of a different generation. Mm-hmm. And, and my mother, with all that she was, felt that if anybody ever found out that I had a baby, that my chances and opportunity for success would be ruined. So they lied and told everybody I was sick mm-hmm. and we kept it. That was I, their perspective and their perception. The time, right? right. Right. The one thing. And maybe in a degree, a little degree at that true. time in that culture, it could have been a little true. Yes. Yeah. But the notion of being able 38 years later mm-hmm. to come clean mm-hmm. and my brothers and sisters finding out the whole real story for the first time, but more importantly, my children. You know, I went to each of my three children. Wait a minute. So you're telling me your brothers and sisters? Nobody knew. And your children? And my children. Nobody knew? Nobody knew. Wow. That's a huge weight off your shoulders, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it... it, it, it it continues to get the weight. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a process. Yeah, but the cool part was to be able to know that that what I went through now as a, as a mom raising my kids are you know eighteen, twenty, and twenty two. The opportunity to sit down and tell them, mm-hmm. this is what happened to me. Right. I want to own it. I want to tell you that it wasn't murder or terrorism. Right. It was you know an unfortunate experience that I want to own. I want to tell you about. Because the modeling of of telling everybody, whatever you go through, whatever you do, there is a way to forgive yourself. Right. By putting a light on the darkness, they say. I think so. Right? And, you know, confession is is seemingly contagious. Because people who hear my story or read my book, you know, it ends up people just regurgitating. I would think, as we're having this conversation, it's coming to me that there, there must be a lot of people out there that have your story. And they haven't shared it with anyone. That's right. Or versions of my story. And it's really bold of you to do so. Thank you. But uh, also empowering to share it so you embolden other people to do the same. Exactly. 
And the truth is there is nothing more powerful than whatever your secrets are um, to figure out a way within yourself to own them. Forgive uh, yourself and move on. Have you ever reconnected with that child? I have not. Okay. I have feelings about this. Um, I'm asked all the time. I feel like, you know... The, and I the, only ask because I figured uh, the audience would want to know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I figure the, the, the choice was mine at 17, ultimately, when I had this baby. Mm -hmm. And throughout all of these years, I've obviously read a lot and done, gone... I'm a very... I'm a pretty public figure here. Yep. And what I really think is that this choice is this kid's choice and not mine. Right. My choice to give the baby up. The baby's choice to come back in and see if... So the, that baby has a choice to reach out to you? Yes, that baby has my info. Well, baby's parents have my information. Oh. I'm pretty reachable. Wow. And there are many, many adopted kids who have so contacted me. So it still happen? Me. Sure. And wow. said, you know, that they're uninterested mm -hmm. in unearthing the sand around everybody's life and mm -hmm. that they're perfectly happy. Right. You know, it's a 50-50. Um, girls, apparently, 80% more girls look for their adoptive, wow. you know, birth mothers and than boys. And is it a girl or boy? It's a boy. It's a boy. Okay, so. And I don't even say that in the book, Catherine, so you're pretty, you're pretty honored. Wow. <laughs> no, just kidding. Wow, uh, I am. Yeah. And, and so thanks for sharing that with us. So that means the odds are it may be that they don't want to reconnect, and exactly. that's okay. And I want to Maybe it means they they have a happy, uh, you know. Situation. Yeah, it's a, exactly. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm open if yeah. I'm contacted, but wow. I'm not going to be. You have to keep yeah. us posted oh, on that. Oh, I will. Yeah, that's a. That's interesting, and I think it's honorable that you Thanks. give them that space and let it be up to them. Yeah. Um, and so um, you ended up, despite having that really challenging childhood, I mean, you became a model. You made uh, a living at that and, and came out here to L.A. and uh, got married to an actor and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, really living a kind of amazing life. Uh, yeah. And then ended up in a divorce, right? Yes. Okay. And then one of the coolest things that happened to you was getting this unbelievable gig doing the life advice for Good Morning America. Yeah, that was a very interesting. I that, love. I love the way you know, married, three kids, divorced. You know, we can say that in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I fought like hell for custody. Got custody. Hadn't worked in fifteen years. I needed a job at this yeah. time, but a friend of mine emailed me and said, hey, do you watch Good Morning America? And I said, no. And she said, well, they're looking for you. Wow. That was a while ago. So anyway, I went on, and they had been, they'd put out a national search for wow. an advice expert to be on camera and sort of help everyday laymen, mostly women, through the challenges of everyday life. So wow. this process, it was a four-and-a-half-month rigorous, 15,000 applicants. Wow, and it narrowed it down, narrowed and you it got down. it. It was ten, final 10, final four, and wow. my mom and my brother called, and he's like, don't even dream about it, baby. That it's not going to happen. That is so amazing. What a great story. Oh, yeah, it was a good story. Yeah. And they called to tell me I got it. My son thought someone died. And he was like, Mom, you, you just got so, crying. yeah, I was crying. Oh. And, and I was like, no, I mean, I've never won it at bingo. Look at this. <laughs> Talk about reinventing your life, though. Yes. So you, you hadn't worked in 15 years. How? What had you done that your friend said, this is the perfect job for you? And I what had a written, great friend. Yeah. Yeah. I had written, at the very end of my marriage, um, I had published by Simon & Schuster a book called What Did I Do Wrong? Mm -hmm. And it was a book about how women end friendships with each other and how we sort of ghost and vanish and disappear in the emotional aftermath that it leaves. And I interviewed a whole bunch of women, total layman style. Mm -hmm. And I had sort of fallen out with my dearest friend from childhood. 
And anyway, it got published and it did pretty well. And that, that was the birth and the very beginning of my website, LizPryor.com. That is a brilliant topic. Oh, God. I, you know, I, I know. hear that all the time. And I interview people... still three days a week on this topic. I mean, it doesn't wow. go away. You know, I, I, a lot of people I've heard have said something to this effect of having a childhood friend. There's a falling yeah, out. It's and like then... worse than a divorce. Yeah. Wow. That is so crazy. So that's really common that you wrote this book about it. And uh, what what did you do wrong? Like, what what is the... You know, at the end what of the, the day, there's there? there's two sides of this female friendship thing. There's the yes. there's the dumper and there's the receiver, and the the wildly sort of organically interesting thing is that with men, in love relationships, you date someone for two months, kiss them, not even sleep with them. There's some sort of protocol of saying, you know what, I'm not I'm not I'm not into this, right? Mm -hmm. Women yeah. can be friends for 10, 12 years, and when a woman is finished. She doesn't really feel the need to end it. And that's where all these people come to me and go, what do I do? I just feel so wow crappy on the inside. Now, this are you a, like a coach consultant <laughs> for people that go I through do. that? I do. I do consult massively, mostly through divorce. Well, primarily friendship. Women in friendship is never going to go away. And the thing with me is I've just heard so many stories. And he, here's the bottom line. When you interview people who decide they don't want to be friends with their girlfriends anymore and they don't tell them and they do that thing where you just don't text back, you just right. don't call, you just yeah. don't. Right. Ultimately, those people will say, well, I just, you know, I just didn't want to hurt her feelings and tell her that I can't stand the way she talks to my children or she flirts with my husband or she's late all the time. So, so, so rather so, than so deal with through, it. Rather than tell her. And, you know, so what I say to the receivers of the behavior is... Sometimes it's not a bad idea to write an email or a letter and say, wow, we hung out for seven years. I suddenly feel so disgusting you won't even text me back. Clearly you don't want to be my friend, but clearly you also don't want to mark the ending. So I think I need to do it myself. Oh, and you have the receiver take ownership. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's profound. It's, but I end up in the consult. Most of the consulting is going through the little bitty pieces and sort of figuring out. But at the end of the day, it's sort of cheerleading for people's right. souls. Because uh, women ruminate too much, right? Yes, yes we do. They are ruminators. Yeah, you cannot ruminators. stop it. We're I think it gets worse too. with menopause, too. I know. <laughs> Not for nothing, they ladies. They ruminate and they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> and the wrong kind of hot. <laughs> Sweaty. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the first. So that's... people go to LizPryor.com, and this is what you do. You consult with people about these yeah. Yeah, topics. well, that's where you could see my TED Talk, buy right. any of my books. Yeah. You know, and by the way, that. I'm so glad that you did a TED Talk because my friend Tabby Biddle, who uh, t you know trains women in that arena, uh, she was uh, always telling me that only 15 to 20 percent or less of the TED Talks are women, women yeah. and that more women need to do TED Talks. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we, I'm we, proud we, of you. Thank you. Yeah. We could talk about that for a second because it yeah. was Terrifying. Was it? Yes, and I've done live television. Really? I, After oh doing Good God. Morning America, oh the my. TED Talk was this terrifying. Is, this That's is, interesting. This is no, wait, don't tell people that. We want more women to do <laughs> TED Talks. No, She's honestly, kidding. What I meant was it was, it was one of the, um, I think I felt more proud of myself than I even did of, you know, getting the Good Morning America job against 15,000 people because it, it meant so much to me. I got to write it. I got to truly yeah. talk about judgment and self-judgment and right. freeing ourselves to be able to live a more ease-filled life. I got bought. No cue cards, 
No yeah. projector. Oh, no, you have to know that thing inside, inside out. Inside out, upside down, and backwards. Absolutely. Thank, bless my boyfriend for coming with me to Barcelona and then to Valencia because all I did was pace doing it. And, and yeah. unfortunately... Is that where you did your TED Talk? Yes. In, in Barcelona? Yeah, they called the, the, wow. the kids at the graduate school, at the Berkeley Graduate School in Valencia. And, and the name of your talk was? Was uh, Alone on the Inside. Alone on the Inside. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's doing well, and it was it was, it was was wonderful. But I'm just saying, I'm pretty brave, and it, it and, took some bravery. Right. <laughs> and that might be why not as many not women. Not as many. <laughs> now, you know, women tend to have a lot less confidence uh, than men. So I think that is why a lot less are doing it. You know, with 360 Karma, I'm trying to provide resources to help women train to be public speakers really? because I think we need more uh, women out there public speaking, whether they're running for office or Agreed. doing a TED Talk or, you know, speaking at, a, at an event. The woman who was just previously here to guest on your show mm -hmm. yeah, was very nervous. Yeah. And I gave her my... My two-cent best Good Morning America advice. I told her when you get nervous and you're on camera, mm -hmm. all she needs to do is look in your eyeballs and connect to you, and she will forget that it's all about that. And yeah. She came out and went, that was very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's about being present for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we let our minds start thinking about other things or how do I look? How do I sound? What did I say? What if, you know, it's live. Would I say, say something stupid? You know, but if all of that goes away and you're just present with your guest, uh, it, it makes all the difference in it the world. It can ground you to just yeah. remember that you're talking and to listen. Yeah. Listening really helps in life. So tell me about your new book. Well, my new book is the memoir, mm -hmm. Look at You Now, right. which is the story of my pregnancy and my experience in the facility. Mm -hmm. um, and mostly I just want to say, yeah, it's a very juicy story, but mostly the book is about the bonds and the relationships I build with these girls and how I see the other side of the world. And how now, I, did you keep in touch with these people? From, no. Yes? No? No. No, they didn't okay. have my last name. There was right. no keeping in touch. It was just so. It's but like they impacted your whole life, and I bet oh, you I really impacted think theirs. Did. Yeah, and when I sold the book, the editor at Random House said to me when she read some of the stuff, she said it's so interesting. You know, when someone has a story that they never talk about and they never write, and it's been whatever thirty-five years, it's amazing. It's almost preserved in ember the way you remember it because yes. it doesn't change because right. you don't retell it and retell it and retell it. Right. And it was astoundingly emotionally difficult, obviously, to mm -hmm. write the story. Right. Um, and, and pull back all the emotions. And right. Remember and my mom next it. to me. Yes, yeah. it was it was it was difficult, but cathartic. Mm -hmm. So that's the latest book, and then the book before that is um, What Did I Do Wrong, which is the friendship book. Right. And then the TED Talk is just everywhere. So Liz Pryor. So so where are you at now? So single, um, divorced, or oh yeah, married? I have been. Um, I have been divorced for I think almost nine years, and I've been with the same terrific guy for the last six. Does that mean you don't want to get remarried? Or Marriage you don't know? is not is not really on my horizon. Right, that's what my um, partner said. Who I'm marrying this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> she said so never, you never again. No, you never know. <laughs> but uh, no, you know I have my three kids. My my big my big goal yeah. was to get through here. My mm -hmm. youngest is graduating from high school in four days, mm -hmm. and. I told this to somebody recently. I remember going through an enormous amount of stress when I was getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And I went to some kumbaya, you know, Eastern Western doctor and said, right. I'm stressing out so badly. And he's like, right. tell me what you're stressing about. And I said, right. well, I'm 
really stressing about my three young children who are so dependent on me. And I'm no, I'm not going to end up with their father. I don't like your parents. I don't. What am I going to do? And you know, he told me, and this was 18 years ago. Yeah. He said, Liz, all you need to do is go home, and every night before you go to bed, envision your last child graduating from high school <laughs> in the robe and the hat, and every night just think of it. And it's crazy to me that yeah. in four days it will have at least at least right. I survived and didn't die between the time they were little <laughs> and he's graduating in four days he must be so proud oh very proud very yeah. proud yeah you know it's it's one of my top purposes but so I also just signed a deal with Family Circle magazine and oh, I'm that's doing exciting my own column of personal essays every month that premieres in August oh that's exciting yes and I'm in development for um a shopping deal and a development deal for a television show with Sonar Entertainment. Oh, wow. So, so no grass is growing, later. huh? <laughs> yeah. So now you're kind of free to pursue all these different things. Yes. Yeah. What's been the highlight of your professional career? Was it the Good Morning America gig or writing these books or the TED Talk or, you know, probably all of them? Honestly, yeah. I can't really pick yeah. a highlight. And I yeah. don't... Um, it's been such a cool process, just yeah. keeping my mind and my heart open to all of it. I so believe in the fate of what happens with our lives, and I do think that one thing was meant to be, even starting with a divorce. Listen, had I not decided not to be married, I might not have had the gun to my head to write that first book. Right. And the first book led to the second book, led to the TED Talk. Led, so it's it's. I have no complaints in terms of my my work life. And at the end of the day, the base of everything that I do is the same thing. Right. I like to help inspire people to right. be the best that they can be. Right. I relate to that. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, um, I do. I think it's like emotional, soulful cheerleading for people. So if somebody right now is listening and they're sitting on the sidelines and they're thinking, wow, she was on Good Morning America. She's written two books. She's oh, done yeah. A it's TED all been, talk. that's not, that's, you know, it's been pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say to encourage them to write that book or do that TED Talk or do something that they're fearful of doing. But, you know, I mean, despite all you've been through, look what you've done. So they can, too. So Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that we all make up narrative in our own head about ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is why it's the alone on the inside And it could be a real narrative or a false narrative, well, but it's our, per our perception. Time, it's our perception. And oftentimes mm -hmm. we make up the narrative because we need to cope. My suggestion to get yourself moving is to at least look at the idea that the narrative you're rolling in your head about yourself mm -hmm. may not be exactly accurate. Right. So you can stop it and roll a new one. If you really want to write a book or you really want to tell your story, you really want to change your life, I genuinely think, and I told you this in our pre-interview, a lot of my recent success has not been because I'm such a groovy, disciplined, motivated person. Mm -hmm. I had a gun to my head and had to pay for my children, mm -hmm. still have to pay for them to go to college. I had to make my life work. I'm not sure I would have been as motivated for my own personal self as I would if I didn't have kids to feed. Right, and I think that's a lot of women's stories. They do it for their kids. and Right, and then that, you learn what it feels like, factor. and then you can do it for you. Right. But, but perhaps, you know, because after the age of 30, yeah. I think we have possibly come into some not great narrative habits in our heads about who we are. Oh, I could never write a book. I blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, necessarily. Maybe we want to stop been that tape that. And, yeah. right, and, and, and rewrite it. And the other thing is, forget 
all the judgment you think will come on you. I mean, yeah. most of us don't pursue things because we think we're going to fail. Right. And I had many, many people say to me, you know, what did it feel like that if you hadn't won Good Morning America? Right. I mean, a dear, dear friend to me said, I cannot believe you're going to fail in front of the entire country oh when it was gosh. down to four. Wow. And of course, here's me. Fail? It was 15,000 people. I'm down to four. I was down to 20. That's it was already a win. A win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe... Maybe and I, you know, wh- it's your, that was your perception, and their perception was different. Was different, and yeah, that's don't what I'm you? They always have friends that uh, they always go to the negative. They but do. We, and we I, all have those friends, right? And I think, and I always go to the positive. <laughs> so do yeah. I. And they always look at me and go, "That's a horrible letter you just got. <laughs> Terribly rejective." I'm like, but at the end, it says it was a really interesting topic. <laughs> I, I, I do. That would I be do me. Find that. And I think that the, that yeah. our negative, more negative or pessimistic friends. I think they really do that. It's self-protective. Right. But if you actually could could grasp the notion... Their fear. If you could grasp the notion that you're not going to die if you fail. Right. You know, and read everything from everybody who ever really did anything. Well, and they say the most successful people have had like six or seven failures. So every every time you have a failure, that you're that much closer to the success. So exactly that's, right. That's what so I've heard. So in the TED Talk, I talk about, do you have an enemy on the inside or do you have an ally? Oh, I love that. Because an ally is yeah. a person who, when you screw up, says, that's okay. You've done other great things. Yeah. And the enemy goes, typical you. You suck. You shouldn't have done it. You right. We don't need that. But we got the vo- those voices on the outside. So coming yes. from the inside needs to be, that's okay. Yeah. And you got to surround yourself with those cheerleaders who believe in you so. no matter what. Yeah. But at the yeah. end of the day, the only cheerleader that really is going to move you is, is you. you. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You know? I love it. I love it. Yeah. What great advice, of oh, course, thanks. coming from you. And uh, it's LizPryor.com if people yep. want to meet uh you know, get in touch with you, Liz, and then P-R-Y-O-R dot com. Dot com. Thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to reading your new book. Yeah, thanks. Uh, They can get that on Amazon. Yeah, and everything's at Liz Look at you now. Look at you now. Love it. And What Did I Do Wrong is the friendship one. I love them both. So thanks so much. Well, thanks for being here yeah, and thanks keep for doing me. all this incredible work. I can't wait to see even what's next. Yeah, thank you. No, no stopping you, Liz. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week on Wednesday at noon. Be sure to visit at 360karma.com where we believe you do create your fate and we're there to help you do that. Uh, and hugs and happiness. Make it a great week.